Gary has been, and I, and I went springboarding off of this, the prophecy that he has given, <clears throat> and it, that he gave to us, um, the word of the Lord, December tw uh, 2022. And it says, get ready to pass over, says the Lord, from what has been to what shall be. And it said, this past year has been preparing you by my word, preparing the church for this passing over. It's a releasing and letting go, an exodus of that which has been good in me to something greater in me. So I looked up the word exodus. Because we know what Exodus, what Exodus, what happened in the book of Exodus, it was the going out. But a synonym for Exodus is an outpouring. Oh, yeah. He says, an exodus of that which has been good in me to something greater in me. An outpouring of what has been good into me, good in me to something greater in me. They're expecting outpouring on you. Amen. It says it's a sudden and widespread occurrence or manifestation of something. You know something's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm, yeah, I, I'm excited about it. I like that. I, I almost jumped up when I said, yeah, hey, come on. Because, you, know, you know, you read the book of Exodus. Yeah, they came out, but they didn't come out broke. They didn't come out poor. They didn't come out sick, busted, or disgusted. Right? It was an outpouring. It was a sudden widespread occurrence or manifestation of something. And I like this next part. He says, you are going to know what to do. Keep your eyes fixed on the straight way, not in anyone else in the race or on any distractions. You know there's distractions out there waiting to try to sideline you, but don't take them. It says, you've been prepared and ready by my spirit, groomed and trained for the final stretch. Yes, the home stretch. Hebrews 12, 1 says, you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and the protector of your faith. For the joy that was yet set before him, he endured hardship and is now one of the ones cheering you on to win. We're winners. Fixing your eyes on the finish line, the prize, on me getting ready for you, your church, your ministry, to pass over into the winner's circle by the broken body and shed blood of Jesus, says the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of grace. So by way of review, we're going to go from uh, the last time I spoke, I was talking about going from what has been to what shall be. Going from what has been to what shall be. And we'll just take it up in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, please. Wow. Come on now. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 38. So now the just shall live by faith, right? Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Verse 6 in Hebrews 11. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he or she or they that come to God must believe that, number one, that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That sounds like us. We're a bunch of diligent seekers in this place, are we not? Yes. Thank you. Um, Hebrew, uh, Romans 10, 17. In the King James, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But 
faith goeth by not hearing the word of God. Right? Come on, there's two sides of this. Faith comes, but faith can go. Faith comes by hearing. Faith goes by not hearing. Uh-huh. The message, I like this. This says in Romans 10, 17, the message, the point is, before you trust, you have to listen. You have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. <laughs> I like that. Unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. So the question <clears throat> is, what is your defining moment where you go from what has been to what shall be? And, and a defining moment would be moments in your lives that define who we were to who we will be. And I was thinking about this this afternoon, or this morning, actually, and, I, and I, I've got this by my, right by where I sit so I can look at it. And it's a letter from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And this is dated back in September 23, 1996. You need to have some defining moments in your life. And just let me read this to you. It says, uh, dear, dear Paul and Shirley, greetings in the mighty name of Jesus. Victory is yours today through faith in his name. We want, to, we want you to know that we have prayed and set ourselves in agreement with you for, for, uh, with you for Paul to be hired on full time at your church. According to Matthew 18, 19, Jesus said, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. Harvest. September 1, 1998. That was a defining moment. Come on, the letter came, like, you know, because we sowed seed and we, and we sowed seed and we wrote a letter, prayer request to them. 1996 in September. Harvest, September 1, 1998. Tell me. Then just to back it up, uh, uh, what, a few months back, we wrote another letter to KCM regarding a little something, something. And we, and we had a harvest within a month. Defining moments, right? So uh, defining moment in your life when, you, when you're urged to make a pivotal decision. What's going to be your decision? We all have them, right? So how are you going to go about, what are you going to, what is going to be your part to play when you go to make this decision? When you experience something that, is funda that fundamentally changes you. That fundamentally changed me because it was something I wanted to do. I was working at the dockyard and I wanted to be full-time in the ministry with a paycheck. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So a defining moment is something that if you don't define it, it will define you. Right, and so you view these moments as opportunities to learn, to grow, not to let them uh, to make you stagnant. Will it break you or will it shape you? All these the, these defining moments they they have the they they could they could break you, but faith comes by hearing, and hearing and hearing. So we may bend, but we don't break. I said we may bend, but we don't break. Amen. So. Um, and 2 Corinthians 3.18, King James, it says, but we all with open face, I like that. How's your face open? Glory to God. 
<laughs> as beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we're changed into the same, same image. We're changed to the same image, not to a image or what we would hope to be some kind of a, something. It says the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians 3.18, please. So all of us who have not, who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is that spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Who's doing the changing? He is. He's the one that makes us more and more like him. If we try to do it, um, it doesn't really work well. It doesn't end up well. You usually tend to lose more than, you, than you've gained. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we go from what has been to what shall be. This is part of the, this is the end of the review. Going from what has been to what shall be. Did you know that has been is in the Bible or in the dictionary? So I looked it up. What is a has been? Well, a has been is a person or a thing considered to be no longer of, of significance. We go from a has been to what a shall be. What is a shall be? Being changed into the glory of the Lord, into his image, into his likeness. Now, here's the message. Going from the great to the greater. This is still part of this, the same prophecy that pastor, the word of the Lord that came from pastor. Another line, we, we went from... Um, <laughs> going from what has been to what shall be, stepping up into now, going from the good to the greater. So let's find out what's good in us. And uh, where's that? Genesis 126, please. King James. We go over this a lot, but faith comes by hearing. And, you know, not having heard, but hearing and hearing and hearing. So Genesis 126, and it says, God, and God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion uh -huh. over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over all the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth and creeps. Amen. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And verse 20, and God blessed them and said... Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Mm -hmm. And verse 31, just down a couple, of chapter, uh, a couple of verses, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. See, we're going from the good to the, to, to the greater. But what a, what a launch pad to start your good from, right? Come on. He said... <laughs> everything that he made, behold, it was very good. So our good that we're starting off of is very good. And we're, that's our launch pad. We go up from there. We don't have to, we don't, we don't, there's no basement. No. <laughs> Psalms 139, please. You getting this? We're going from the good to the greater. Psalms 139. Verse 14, I will praise you. This is David speaking to himself because he's going from the good to the greater too. 
But look at where, where he started. I will praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows right well, or very well. He's talking about himself, and he's talking to himself. He said, I'm about ready to go from the great, good, to, good to the greater. And in the New Century Version, it says, I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. What you have done is wonderful. I know this very well. He's saying this about himself. He is saying that about himself. The message says, it says, I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. Look at what you made. Oh, God, you're so good. Do little James Brown, kiss myself. Ha! Complete Jewish Bible. I thank you because I am awesomely made. Wonderfully. Your works are wonders, and I know this very well. Woo! No, I mean, you start saying that stuff over yourself every day. You're going to get yourself happy. I guess you will. Psalms 139, verse 17 and 18. New Living Translation, please. Psalms 139, 17 and 18. New Living Translation. How precious are your thoughts about me? Other versions say it's towards me. He's thinking these thoughts towards you. Oh, God. Talking about us. They cannot be numbered. Verse 18. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. He's got you in his grip. Wow. What a God. What a God we serve. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to John chapter 17. New King James, verse 21. John 17, 21 to 23. And a new King James, please. Are you there? Again, we're going from the good to the greater. And, it's a, and this is Jesus speaking, and it's a prayer that he's prayed, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, I'm in you, that they also may be one with us. Hello? That they may be one with us, that we may be one with them. That the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one, I and them, you and me, that they may be perfect, made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and love them as you have loved me. What? Come on. That's a whole lot of oneness. And I'm, uh, so we're going from the good to the greater. This is, we're just establishing our base. This is just the base of the good. Jesus said it to his father about us that we may be one as they are one. And I mean, like, the oneness that God the Father and God the Son have? What? And we get in on this? Come on. Woohoo. That'll make you kind of, yeah, it'll make you kind of just a little bit happy. Um, we'll tag that with uh, Romans 8 11, please, King James. Romans 8, 11, you know this one, but it's good to see it. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, and he does, 
He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Made alive. And in Romans 8, 14, pastors talked about this quite a bit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. This is our base. We're going from something good to something greater. But we're establishing the good now. Now we're going to, let's get into something greater. Uh, Luke chapter 9, please. Verse 1 and 2. Luke 9, verse 1 and 2. Are you there? King James. Um... I'm in 10. <laughs> Let's try this. Yeah. Then he called his 12 disciples together, gave them power and authority over all devils and cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse 9. And they, or verse 6. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So here's the thing that, that kind of stood out. In verse 2, it says, he sent them. And verse 6, they departed. Many people have been sent, but they, didn't, they, they, they haven't departed. <laughs> They've been sent. They said, well, I'm not going. How many people have uh, had the opportunity to go to the Philippines, but didn't go? We did. Right? But these guys, they went. Why? Because they, they got something greater going on in the inside of them. Luke 10, uh, 10, verse 1. And after these things, the Lord appointed another 70. That's another 35. He picked out 35 teams. 35 teams. Also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he would go. So he's not going to send you a place where he wouldn't go. Isn't that good to know? Praise the Lord. Luke 10, 17. Uh, yeah, 1017, King James. And the 70 returned again with joy. I'll tell you, when you return from a missions trip, there is a joy that's on the inside of you that'll just, you can't, it's hard to describe because of the things that, that you were able to do, the things that you've witnessed, the things that you've seen God do. Come on, we, you know, there was one time in the Philippines, we, we climbed Mount T uh, Pinatubo with Carabao, which are uh, big, those big black buffalo. And we had rice and medical supplies. And we're going through, it was just like Indiana Jones. We're going through the jungle. We're crossing the river. We had to walk across this river and it had these big lava rocks that were floating in the river that would knock you over. The big boulders. It's called Lahar. And so here we are crossing these things, climbing up this mountain to, to bring people some food and some medical supplies. Because on the top of this mountain, there is a church that was there. It was three, it was three stories, but all that was left was like about 10 feet of the, of the top of, the, uh, of this church. And these people were living there. And they thought that God cursed them. And so... Um, Pastor Carlo and myself were there and, and a bunch of other people, but they had a guitar that was made. Well, it had um, the guitar strings were all corroded and it was powered by a car battery. And I was playing on a set of drums made by plastic oil tanks, oil containers. And they cut me off a set of drumsticks, which I still have. I got a, I got the stick collection in my house, in my, in my man room. And it's, it's, it's all these different sticks from all over the world. 
and and the this one is right in the middle because every time I look at it, I think about it. And here we are, sent from Canada, the corner of Canada, over to the Philippines to minister to these people to tell them that God's not mad at them. And we're playing, if my people will call by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. Now, hmm. We're playing away, and both of us, we looked at each other, and we got Niagara Falls coming out of our eyes, right? Because it's like, oh, God, look what you've done. You sent us over here. And so then we're, we're passing out these bags of rice to these people, and we got to the last bag, and it fell on the ground, and it split. This guy was on his hands and knees picking up each little kernel. That's how precious it was. And I mean, like, it was just amazing. And so here we are, we're playing. And there's, there's people that were there, and they had these big machetes. <laughs> I looked at Pastor Carl, I said, man, we better play good. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 John 14, 11, please, new living. It was amazing. It was amazing. And even when we went to uh, Ukraine, was that four times for me, I think? Or five, maybe? I don't know. But it was, it was, every time it was amazing. Amazing. And, you know, Pastor was talking about with uh, Pastor Victor, we paid his church off with a with church visa. And I was, I was preaching in, in his church, and it was a dirt floor. And I, I started praying for some of these people, and the power of God would hit these people. They would, boom, right on the dirt floor. They didn't care. I mean, they did not care. And if you looked at that church today, it's, that church is cooking. That dirt floor grew into tile. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like there, there are so many cool things that are happening there. So John 14, verse 11 to 17, uh, New Living. Just believe that I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me, Jesus said. Or at least believe because of the work that you've seen me do. Verse 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done, and even greater works. I'm telling you, we're going from the good to the greater. And he says, even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. He didn't stutter. He said anything. Yes, ask me for anything in my, just in case you didn't hear him the first time, he said, yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Verse 15, here's the key. If you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father. He'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. Never. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you, you know him. I guess you do. You know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Then they talked about the day of Pentecost. Acts 2, uh, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, King James, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. I would love to get like a sound of a tornado, hurricane, and, and have it go through this sound system cranked. Just because of the sound of, the sound of a, a rushing, mighty wind. So you can get an idea of what that sound must have been like when the Holy Spirit broke in on this planet. 
Oh, imagine, shut the lights off and you'd never forget it. You'd never forget it. And it says it, it filled the house. Uh, it should be, he filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and he sat up on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 1.8, Jesus, he said this. He said, but you're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to uh, uttermost parts of the earth uttermost parts. That's us. We're witnesses for him. Yes, we are. First mm -hmm. John 4, verse 11, in the Message Bible, please, Annette. I want to go to, from 11 to 19. First John 4, in the Message, 411. Because we're going from the good to the greater. We're into the greater now. Why? Because the greater one lives within us. And he said, greater works we're going to do. Come on now. So it says, my dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, and he does, we certainly ought to love each other. Come on now. I guess it will. We certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever. But if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us. And his love becomes complete in us. It's a perfect love. 13. This is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in him and he in us. He's given us life from his life, from his very own spirit. Verse 14. Also, we have seen for ourselves and continue to state openly that the Father sent his Son as Savior of the world. Verse 15. Everyone who confesses that Jesus is God's Son participates continuously in an intimate relationship with God. We know it so well. We've embraced it heart and soul. This love that comes from God, God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. Wow. Verse 17. This way, uh, love has the run of the house. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Let, let love have the run of your house today. He becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. There is no room for, uh, in love for fear, for well-formed love banishes fear. Why? Because you know that you're loved. And God is love. He's living on the inside of you. You got the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. What do you got the fear? Nada. Nutting. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment is one not yet form fully formed in love. So if you increase your love walk, all that stuff is going to just fall off you. Verse 19, we though are going to love, love and be loved. First we were loved, now we loved. He loved us first. He did it. There was, um, oh, where is that? First John. This is in uh, King James. First John 4. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First John 4.17 in, in King James Version. Please. 
It says, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That word judgment in the Greek, K-R-I-S-I-S. Crisis. Crisis. K-R-I-S-I-S. It's in... 1 John 4, 17, it says, in the day of judgment or crisis, because as he is, so are we in this world. We have boldness in a crisis situation is what he's saying. Speak, spirit. <coughs> uh-huh. Why? Because 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Them what? Them crises. Yeah. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh huh. Romans 15. Here's the last set of, oh, actually, I got two more sets of verses and we're going to be done. Uh, Romans 15, 17 to 21, New Living, please, Annette. Romans 15, 17 to 21. So I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me and my service to God. And so do we. I said, so do we. We have a reason to be enthusiastic. We have a reason to be happy. Yeah. Why? Because all the stuff that Christ Jesus has done through us in our service to God. What has he done? He's, gone, he's brought us from the good to the greater. So you ought to be enthusiastic about it. Verse 18, I, yet I dare not boast about anything except for what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way that I worked. Worked. Among them, you got to work. <laughs> Do your job. Verse 19, they were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing from Jerusalem all the way to Illicarium. Yeah, here's, but here's the key. Verse 20, my ambition, and this is ours, has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where a church has already been started by somebody else. We are getting ready to move into a situation like that. Hello, we are getting to move, getting ready to move into a situation where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where a church has already been started by somebody else. We are starting something new in a place where no, there was no other church there. Right? Well, we have to have the greater operating in us in order to reach these people. In order to reach us, more or less, when you think about it. Mm hmm. Last verse, Jeremiah 29 11. It says, God speaking, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. He declared these plans are to, number one, to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope. And plans to give you a future. So get ready. Come on. We have stepped in from the good to the greater. Now we got to step into it, step through it, 
and we'll find out what, what's left. Like, because there, there's so many messages in that prophecy that pastor spoke. Every time, like every, like I'm just going through it line by line, and I'm getting these messages because he's setting he's setting us up. He's setting us up. Amen. We're gonna do it. I like that. My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard. What are we doing? Preaching the good news. God loves you. Jesus is not mad at you. And we see like Kenneth Copeland, God loves you. We love you. And Jesus is Lord. See you Sunday. God bless you. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.